Hey guys, welcome to the show that gives you the tools you need to break through into all you were created to be, to live your life full of hope and purpose. I'm Pam Ramey and Jesus Girls, let's find our role. girls welcome back to the show we are so excited you have joined us i'm pam ramey and boy do we have an amazing show for you today where you are going to be encouraged and equipped to live your life filled to the brim with destiny and purpose spirit mind and body because you know what god wants you to thrive he wants all of us to thrive in all three areas of of our life. At the end of today's show, we're going to make a powerful declaration over ourselves, as we always do. And I am going to share a super easy exercise you can do while you're just waiting around your kitchen for stuff, like waiting for the water to boil or defrosting something in the microwave. That is going to strengthen your upper body and and trim down your midsection. So stay tuned for that. You know, it is such an honor and privilege to welcome back to the show my good friend, Lorraine Long. You've heard Lorraine quite a few times on the show, and you've even heard part of her testimony. And that was actually in our first show. So if you have not listened to that show, please go back and give that a listen. But today, you're in for such a treat because. Lorraine's going to share with us her full testimony of how Jesus set her free from an eating addiction. Lorraine is a former kindergarten teacher. She is a children's author to promote family literacy. She's a conference, conference speaker, and she's also a lifestyle coach. And Lorraine, I am so glad you are back with us today, girlfriend. Oh, you know, I love being here with you, Pammy, and all the Jesus girls. You know, I love your ministry. <laughs> well, you have been such a big part of uh, our our early shows and getting us launched, and it's been it's just such a joy to have you back and getting to hear your whole testimony because I know your testimony, Lorraine, and it's so powerful and it's something that people need to hear. So, thank you so much for being here today. Uh, it, and it's an honor, it's such an honor. And you know, we I had said, and you had shared this with us in the first show that we ever did, that you had a secret hidden. You were, mm-hmm. well, I guess that's redundant, but you had a hidden um, addiction for a long time. And you know what? Just tell us about that, if you I, could, please. It, I will. Yes, for 27 years, I hid a secret and learned how to wear a good, happy mask. Hmm. So I, I hid it from family, I hid it from friends, and it was the eating disorder of anorexia. And hmm. I paired it with compulsive exercise. And also, I had these tormenting, ugly self-talk statements. I would say, oh, just most part of, most part of all my day. And overall, I didn't love myself. And to top it Mm-mm. off, I didn't want to live anymore. Lorraine, well, let's go back to your the, that ugly talk. Like, what kinds of things would you say to yourself, like, Ooh. throughout the day? How did, what, what did uh, just a normal mm. uh, 
inner dialogue look like for you? Well, no one loves you. You're not mm. lovable. You are so fat and ugly. Hmm. Ooh, if people knew your secret, ooh, they really would not be your friend. I mean, that's just the such lies. Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh wow, wow. Uh, I think. I mean, I think maybe a lot of us can relate to that kind of self-ugly talk. What do you think? Um, I, now that I've, my secret is out, you are absolutely right. Mm-hmm. When I tell this to people or friends and other girls that I meet, they're like, I think that same thing, too. Isn't that something? So, you know, how we think, that you know, that scripture that says, as a man thinks mm-hmm. in his heart, so he is. Your life was really manifesting all of those things that you were thinking about yourself, all of those negative things, right? You are correct. I was literally resisting life. Wow, Lorraine. Mm-hmm. Well, how did this all begin for uh, for you? I think, now that I go back and look at my life, the seed was planted when my mom in sixth grade gave me a Weight Watchers book. Oh, my goodness. And I thought, this yeah. is such a strange book, because I, at that time, had never heard the words diet, mm. overweight, or calories. And I began to look at my body differently mm-hmm. at that time, and I felt ashamed about my appearance. So I started thinking, gosh, I must need to eat differently than others. Mm-hmm. And that is when the negative thoughts began to start. So how old again were you when you got that Weight Watcher book? In sixth grade. So In the sixth grade. So were you, like 11 or 12? Yeah, about 11 or 12, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow. Were there any other events, like, in your background that were, I mean, that sounds like a very defining thing, but uh, how, how, uh, how about within the family? Were, were things, uh, oh. were you, were, was it separate for you? Correct. The, the, yeah. I yeah. Had, I had two brothers younger than me. So we would sit at the dinner table and the bread basket would be passed around. And it would be like, Oh, my brother Clay, would you like some bread? Oh, Lorraine, mm-hmm. you don't need it. I mean, Kristen, oh. would you like some bread? So oh. I was getting meal messages. My meals were rather controlled around the home and things like that. And as who? Well. So who controlled the meals? Uh, my mom. Your mom. So your mom gave you the Weight Watcher book. Yes. Yeah. And then your mom would control your what you ate actually, yes. and she would allow yes. your brothers to eat something completely different than you. That must have been really hurtful, Lorraine. It was, and I don't think, I think she would meant it to be a good thing, right? because appearance was rather important in my family. So I think she was trying to help. Mm-hmm. And I look back, I'm, I'm rather muscular. So I look back and I think, oh, I think it was muscle. I don't think it was my oh. pictures. I don't think I was that overweight at the time. But, um, yeah, I think she meant it for my good. She meant it for your good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I think that's such a good message, though, for moms to hear, Lorraine, that sometimes the things that we do mean for good mm-hmm. with our children are not necessarily. Sometimes we need to learn to just bite our tongue, right? Maybe so. <laughs> I mean, as a mom, I can say that, that there's just some things that need to go unsaid. And some children will interpret things differently than Mm -hmm, others, I mm -hmm, think. So mm -hmm. I was just one that took it to heart and put action behind Mm -hmm. it in time. So, wow that that is uh, that is uh, quite a story. So, what happened from there? Excellent question. Um, Life went on. I went to college, came home my freshman summer, and I have learned that most addictions are rooted in shame. Absolutely, and, yeah. Uh, my um, Christmas vacation that freshman year, I had a tragic rape, date rape. Mm-hmm. And um, mm. if anyone has had these type of experiences, which, Pammy, I know you shared in a previous 
episode, mm-hmm. um, there's no amount of showers that can take yeah. that shame away. So, mm-hmm. um, and I couldn't tell anybody, and I just stuffed oh, the right. shame down and, and the pain. Pain. Oh, mm-hmm. you know firsthand. Um, I found comfort in food. I had been restricted so long, and I just went back to college. And that freshman year, I gained forty pounds. Wow. And you can imagine when I got home that summer, my parents were not happy. Hmm. So did they so when you say they weren't happy, did they outwardly express that to you? Yes, yes. So oh, so dieting wow. and exercise became a way of life. Hmm. Um my senior year in college, another event that happened, my mom had stomach cancer. Oh, and yeah. she mm-hmm. lived a year and then she died. Mm-hmm. But um as I've, you know, looked back at my life and gone through counseling, um, the eating disorder happened in my life, obviously trying to lose weight and that, uh, losing my mom. Mm-hmm. When things are out of control in your life, mm-hmm. your outward environment, mm-hmm. but what you can control is your eating and how exactly. much, and that exercise was a good physical outlet for me. Mm-hmm. So I didn't miss a day of exercise, and I could cut out meals to one meal a day. I could control that, and it was my secret. Wow. What did your compulsive exercise look like, Lorraine? Ooh, it was like an hour of cardio every single day and weightlifting every other day. I mean, boy, mm-hmm. I, was, I was rigid and good with it. And <laughs> what would happen if you missed a day. Ooh, that, oh, another negative self-talk. Mm-hmm. You will gain five pounds if you mm-hmm. miss one single day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Man, I heard that strong and loud every day mm-hmm. and had a fear. Ooh, I'm going to gain five pounds if, mm-hmm. you know, if I miss a day. Did you always feel like, you know, were you always thinking if I could only lose five pounds? Like oh even, even like, like, was that sort of your mantra? Oh. Like, if I can only lose five pounds, you'll all well, be happy. Like, well, did you think something like that? You're correct. I had, I had a skewed look I made a vow with myself which now I know vows are not a good thing mm-hmm. if I could lose five pounds I will be happy and hmm. it became skewed because when I got down to a hundred if I could lose five pounds mm. then I will be happy mm-hmm. it was never enough so it, it was never idol. enough wow there mm-hmm. there's a word right there yes, it was it never enough so you that first year of college, you gained 40 pounds, mm-hmm. you came home, you experienced displeasure from your parents. So that was like, ah! mm-hmm. um, they, they let you know, then you lost your mom. Uh, a couple years later, which was such a, a tragic event for you. So how did you keep the weight on? How, how did you deal with that, that rejection from your parents and that 40 pounds? Well, just a lot of depression, mm-hmm. and, and then my body learned to work on just eating one meal a day. Mm-hmm. But I'll let the listeners know, this is no way to diet because there are some side effects. You know, before we go into that, before we go into that, because I want to know those side effects, what did your one meal a day look like? I'm just curious. Oh, well, <laughs> it was not a nutritional meal. It oh, it might, was not? It might be a bag of M&M's. Okay. Okay, so your one meal a day was a, could be something like... Or a Frosty from the Wendy's. Okay. It was not okay. a healthy meal. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, it wasn't like you had a protein, no, a carbohydrate, no. some oh. fruits, some vegetables. <laughs> okay, so forget. Yeah, because you know one meal, one meal a day is doesn't it's it's not bad sometimes, right? If it's a good healthy meal, but I I would say were they plain or peanut M and M's? I would like to know. Well, and the Reese's pieces were good. I was thinking, oh, no oh, protein here. I, well, I, I I think you were leaning toward the sugar on that one meal a day, you are right? Correct. Just yeah. something I was depriving myself. Oh, I can have something sweet. Yeah, yeah. I can laugh about yeah. it now. But, oh, it, at the time, Jesus oh, girls, boy. I do not recommend this for weight loss. No, no. It, it's, I mean, this is so scary. So here was, you are living on, let's just say, a bag of M&Ms a day mm-hmm. or Reese's Pieces a day. Then you are running for an hour. Correct. Yes. You are lifting weights for an hour every other day. Correct. And so you have no fuel in your body, basically. No. You have absolutely no fuel. So you were, then you were starting to say there are side effects. So what did some of those side side effects look like for uh, you? Again, yes, yeah, side effects. Another reason not to um, go with this meal plan. Mm-hmm. Okay, <laughs> well, your monthly cycle stops. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've heard that. Yes, mm-hmm. So, because you don't have enough fat in your body to hold the hormones mm-hmm. that keep things working. Your hair and eyelashes get very thin. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you don't eat enough protein, your body will use your muscle as the protein yeah it, the body your body starts feasting on it on your own uh lean tissue you're correct yeah mm-hmm. as a fitness instructor you know mm-hmm. exactly then um your metabolism will slow down and go into starvation mode so my i wasn't losing weight because my body had learned to work on the 200 calories that i was giving it oh you were two, 200 calories so i was maintaining mm. that 100 pounds or whatever my goodness so you're you're a little itty bitty thing anyway. Well, How tall are you? Like five I'm two, five one, five one, five one. But I pack some muscle. Yeah, you do. You pack some <laughs> muscle. So so at five one, what was your highest weight and what was your lowest weight? Well, I, I was maintaining at a hundred, but I wasn't losing anything mm-hmm. at the two hundred calories. Mm-hmm. Or I may have gotten a little bit low, because your body low, was in starvation yeah. mode. Yeah, yeah. And I may have I may have gotten a little bit under, but I kind mm-hmm. of stayed around that. Stayed right around that. Yeah. Were you happy with that? No, you weren't no, happy with uh-uh, it. No, no you were not. I wanted, I wanted to be lower. You wanted to be 95. You wanted five pounds more. Yeah, five you needed pounds the more. five pounds more. And if you would have been 95 pounds, you needed five pounds more. Absolutely. It was never going to be enough for Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Yep. Wow. That, that's that's that, that enemy just speaking to you. Mm-hmm. It feels like you had to go into some really desperate measures. Mm-hmm. Like, what did some of those oh, look like? Correct. So when the scale didn't move, I thought, you know... Why don't we just go for a uh, 36-hour starve? I'm not going to call it a fast because it was not. It no, was a starvation. It, it was a starvation, yeah. And scale kind of moved, but not much. Let's go for a 48-hour mm-hmm. starve. Wow. Wow. So during this 48 hours, you know I'm going to ask you, I, were you still running and lifting weights and with absolutely z- z- zilcho in your body? Absolutely. And so let me ask you this. Uh, so you weren't eating food. You were going on 48 hour starves. Were you drinking water? Like, were you hydrating uh, yourself or what, what well, were you drinking? Another compulsion or ha- bad habit, 12 diet drinks a day. So you were living on diet soda. <laughs> yes. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And you'll find people with eating disorders. We have got some quirky habits. Mm-hmm. I was just those bubbles. Well, at that time it was tab. Mm-hmm. I would just fill my, you know, stomach up with bubbles, whatever I could do mm-hmm. or coffee just to you know, fill up on something that had no calories. To fill up on something that had no calories. Yeah. Wow. I don't know if that's proper grammar, but... That's it. Well, you know what? It, so, uh, 
you know, Lorraine, I I know you've had some physical consequences. You are correct. To this, uh, and again, we're talking girls 27 years. Mm-hmm. 27 years you were in bondage to this disease. What were some of the physical we we've already kind of learned some of the emotional and mental consequences that you've had that you that you were experienced experiencing during those many years but what were some things that were happening to your body at the same time very good question pammy okay well um i had to have a lot of exploratory surgeries because i never told a doctor that i was starving so having no periods are like hmm what is wrong with this girl Mm -hmm. so they did find some endometriosis and then um, in my young 30s, my uterus collapsed. Oh, my goodness. So, lack of a better word, they hung it back up. A few years later, it collapsed again at age 35. Wow. Well, at this point, they have really nothing to do, so I had to have a hysterectomy. At at 35? 35. 35. The age of 35. So, you had a hysterectomy yes. at the age of 35. So, at that age, it was a difficult thing to digest that I was barren. Hmm. That but, would be, that would be. But I did it to myself. Hmm. So, Jesus girls, if you have plans for a family, take care of yourself. Take care of your body. Your body's a temple. Your, our body is the temple of God. It is. And it's a gift. It's our a body is gift. such a gift. It's such a gift. It is. Um, some other things, I had uh, my gallbladder removed, emergency appendectomy. Uh, I have had five feet of intestine removed because of a kink in my intestines. Later, some more colon was removed because of a complication from the um, earlier surgery with the kink. Hmm. And I also had excruciating bladder pain so bad that uh, there was no pill, there was no solution, nothing wrong with me. I got to a point where I did not even want to live the next day. Plus Hmm. the tormenting thoughts, the grip of this whole um, eating disorder, exercise, compulsion. I was in a pit, and I did not even want to live. Lorraine, during this season, how were you talking to God about that? What were you saying to God? It was not pretty. It was like, God, take me to heaven now. I don't want to live another day. I Mm -hmm. don't know why I am here. Mm -hmm. Uh, Pam, I was angry at mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. I didn't see my life had a purpose, uh, destiny. I I was very prodigal. I had left him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't see why was I even here. You pro- you didn't understand as as I as we've I think we all can attest to at times when that we kind of create our own harvest. You know, we do. We create our own harvest based on our what we think, what we say, what we do. But so many times when we get into that, those deep valleys or those deep pits, it's easy to kind of blame God. It sounds like that's that that's maybe where your mindset was. I could not have said any better, Pam. You summed Mm -hmm. it up very well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I couldn't see the forest for the deep. My face was up against the bark. I mean, it was awful. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he kind of gets a bad rap, I think. I think I mean, so, too. I, I've given him a bad rap before when things when yes. I found myself in those pits. And and isn't it wonderful, Lorraine, to realize as we look back now that he was right in those pits with us. He was. But he never did leave us. He never did forsake us. Right. He never did leave you. He never did forsake you. He was always with you. He, he was, was always pursuing you. And he was always 
He was always, always working everything out together for your good. He was. And I'll say, my sister-in-law, Cindy, she saw right through me. Mm-hmm. And she, um, she confronted me and she said, because she was a counselor at the time and she lived uh, in Louisville, Kentucky, and I was right here. And she said, ask your friend Pam, because she knew we were close friends. And she <laughs> said, ask your friend Pam for a counselor. And so I come to you after a, a, one, of, I one of your dance day. classes and I said, yeah. Pam. I'm ready to get help for my eating disorder. Mm-hmm. And, and you said, I've got a friend. I've got a friend. And you know, the thing that's so interesting about that is that we were friends and I didn't have a clue. Well, I probably of what you were, of, yeah, of what you were going through. And I remember that day so clearly it was it was right after one of my dance classes. Mm-hmm. And you were kind of lingering, you know, we were just chit chatting and I could tell you were having a hard time. Uh, getting ready to ask me. I knew you had to ask me something important, but you started, you gave me just a little teeny taste of your testimony that day. Not much at all. But then I remembered you called Linda straight away and you you went into counseling with her. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm so grateful that, well, it was a trusted friend. I could Mm -hmm. trust you and you had referred Mm -hmm. me to Linda. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and she was certainly somebody that I trusted. So how was that experience for you? And how long long did you see Linda? It was for a year and a half. And Linda's quote, when I got to her, she said, you can become trapped into shame. But fortunately, your pain outweighed your shame, and it sent you looking for healing. Wow. So pain really sometimes can be our very good friend. Correct. (laughs) It really can. It lets you know something's wrong. It lets you know something's wrong. That's absolutely right. The old splinter example, it's in there and it's festering. It's Mm -hmm. got to come out. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, Linda and I talked about that happy mask and I was pleasing. I was performing for love, mm-hmm. striving for perfection. You know, none of us can be perfect. Only Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that the truth? Yeah. Isn't that the truth? Well, what did you learn about God's love specifically oh, for you, Lorraine, during that for experience? Because I thought I had to perform. I was performing for everybody's love. I even thought I had to perform for God's love. Mm-hmm. I can relate to that. And what I had to change my paradigm that God's love is unconditional. He was right there with me, like you said earlier. I didn't even know that. He was right there. You know, <laughs> I love I love that verse in Second Corinthians ten five that says that we have to cast down, mm-hmm. you know, our imaginations because it was like your mind you would let your mind it sounds like just go into these all these crazy places and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of god bringing every thought captive uh into captivity to the obedience of christ did you did you have to do that lorraine where you had to be intentional about taking your thoughts captive and bringing them into subjection to the law of Christ, to the love of Christ, Absolutely. to how God saw you. Absolutely. And you have, you probably remember what show it was when you put up the stop sign. Yep. Yes. Yep. And uh, I had to do that probably every five minutes of the day just to get my thoughts aligned with God's truth and mm-hmm. his love for me mm-hmm. and for you, Jesus girls. He loves us so much. It's a radical love. It is just... It's such a radical yes. love. What are some some verses that you clung to, Lorraine, that just let you know how, how God really did see you and that you were being fed lies by the enemy? Oh. And 
you had to, you had to make a shift in the way you were thinking. You had to make a shift in the way you were speaking of yourself. What were some of your love verses? Well, the paradigm shift for me, because I kept asking, why am I even here? Mm -hmm. Was Psalm 139, 13 through 14. Mm. For it was you who created my inward parts. I love that. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I will praise you because I am been fearfully and wonderfully made. I mean, girls, mm. he, he knew us before we were born. And loved us. Couldn't wait for us to be born. Yeah. Exactly. And he fearfully and he wonderfully made each one of us to be uniquely us. Mm-hmm. Uniquely. Every one of us are different for a reason. Amen. I used to compare myself to everybody. Mm-hmm. Now that's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> There's no one like you. There's no one like me. That's, you know, We're that's, that's such a good word. That's such a good word, Lorraine, because... Nobody can be the best version of you better than you. Correct. You know, God called you to be you, and he had a plan and a destiny for your life. And you know what I love, Lorraine, is that even as you went down this 27-year path, God never changed his mind about the destiny he created you for. He has a way to get us back on track, doesn't he? Absolutely. I just had to get back on track. Yeah. (laughs) So tell us a little bit about where you are right now. Okay. After coming, getting free from all of this, because it's been a few years now. Yes. I wanted to be able, after all my healing with Linda, which was Mm -hmm. so beautiful, and I'm so grateful I'm back on track. I wanted to give back. Mm -hmm. So I became a Stephen minister at my church. Oh, I love that. And, and now I'm a Christian counselor just, you know, with, um, with people, which I absolutely love giving back. That is wonderful. And you're able to share with them what God has delivered you from. Correct. That, that is so awesome. You know, I, I, I love that verse in uh, John 10, 10 that says the Mm. thief, comes only to still kill and destroy. That was every oh. that was all the devil. Correct. Coming after your life, coming after your mind to kill, still and destroy. And God says, I have come that you may have life and have it to its fullest. And you know, Amen. Jesus girls, we've said this before, you know, the devil does not come just to give us a bad day. Right, Lorraine? No, uh uh-uh. uh. He wants to take our lives out. Yeah. And he yeah. almost had mine. Yeah. And and so that when you were saying to God, take me now, mm-hmm. I don't want to live, really you you were committing slow suicide by the way you were living your life. Exactly. And you just wanted him to kind of, he just wanted him to end your pain. Exactly. And I will say no more bladder pain. No more bladder pain. I am free of pain. Amen. Amen. And it was those self talks that were self bad self talk that was causing the inflammation. It is gone. Isn't that, isn't that interesting? You know, Lorraine, do you, do you feel that you I know that you had have forgiven your mom. Absolutely. Oh. And but let's just can you just talk a little bit about what forgiveness, how forgiveness helped to set you free? I'm so grateful you brought that up because in my counseling, I mean, Linda and I had big talks. Forgiveness was the key mm-hmm. to all pretty much all my um, healing. And um, and she gave me a forgiveness prayer. And she said, you know, make a list of those mm-hmm. who you need to forgive. And that list kept growing. Mm-hmm. But I will say. I was gritting my teeth, praying forgiveness for some of the people. Mm-hmm. And she said, just just be obedient. Just do the best you can, mm-hmm. you know. And God will honor your willingness to forgive those people that have hurt you. Mm-hmm. And I just kept going through the motions. And sometimes it took like a month or so for me to really feel forgiveness for some of these people. Mm-hmm. But I kept at it. And that grit got a little bit looser. 
and looser. Yeah. And then I, one day I would run into Linda's office and say, Linda, I feel compassion for this person. Now. Isn't that wonderful? And she said, oh, Lorraine, God's grace came down and met you halfway. Yeah. He honored your willingness. Amen. That's and, so good. And mm-hmm. you, you have done a podcast on forgiveness, mm-hmm. Pammy. And mm-hmm. it is it is the key, girls. It will set you free. You know, it is so true, Lorraine. And I'd like for you just to, you know, take a second and talk about how you had to forgive yourself. Oh, it's another good thing. Because girls, I was, I mistreated the true gift of life and my temple. And part of it's part of it's missing right now. It's a well old machine. And I did have to forgive myself and ask God to forgive me for mistreating the gift he gave me. Mm-hmm. And guess what? I am forgiven. You are forgiven, but also, of course, God, he's, God is love. He you is. know, his love, his love is, is so big. The love he has for us. I, I love um, uh, John four sixteen that says, and we so know and rely on the love that God Amen. has for us because God is love. Whoever lives and loves lives in God and God in Amen. them. And I know that's really a special, been a special verse for it you. Has. It has. And really God wanted for you to just receive his love oh. and that washed your shame it away. Did. Right. Knowing, knowing his unconditional for love. There was nothing that has happened to me or that I have done that is not forgiven. And Jesus, thank you so much for your death on the cross. It's forgiven us. Lorraine, what, what a powerful testimony. And girls, if any of you are struggling with addiction, I, you need to hear this word today. And Lorraine's addiction was, you know, an eating eating disorder and uh, yeah. exercise compulsion. But it comes in all shapes and sizes. It comes in all yeah. shapes and sizes. So I think right now it would be good to make a declaration that addiction in general has no power over our lives. Fantastic. So you want to go ahead and uh, you can uh, lead us through this declaration uh, in parts, Lorraine and Jesus girls. We're going to repeat this after Lorraine. And especially if you, if there's something you need to get free from, you speak this with authority over your life amen. because your words are powerful. They are seeds that you are sending forth to produce a harvest. So addiction does not have power over us. And so Lorraine, I'm so excited about this declaration and I'm just going to have you take it away from here. Sounds great. Okay, Jesus girls, here we go. I declare that addiction has no power over my life. I declare that addiction has no power over my life. I declare the power of the Holy Spirit and the love of God. I declare the power of the Holy Spirit and the love of God are stronger than any addiction are stronger than any addiction. And that I renew my mind daily to God's truth and unconditional love for me. And that I renew my mind daily to God's truth and unconditional love for me. That's fantastic. And that's exactly what you had to do to get free. Right, Right, Lorraine? You had to renew your mind daily to God's truth and his unconditional love for you. Absolutely. And the truth and his unconditional love works. Yes, it does. Yes. His love breaks off our strongholds. And I'm sitting here full of joy. 
full of joy. And you know what? You look like you are filled with joy. And I love that so much. Woo, what a story. What a story, Lorraine. Thank you so much for, for sharing that with us. And girls, before we head out today, I promise to share an exercise with you that's super, super easy to do. And uh, I actually, Lorraine, I can say this is an exercise we mm-hmm. have done in your kitchen together have. while having many times <laughs> while having conversations. So, you know, this is something you can do on your uh, in your kitchen while you're waiting for something, you know, water to boil, something to defrost in the microwave. And it's called a countertop push up. But also, uh, like Lorraine and I were just saying, we'll be standing in her kitchen and we will just be doing push-ups off the countertop while we're having a a conversation. (laughs) Yeah, you know, it's just a great way to get like a few... Uh, upper body, you know, strength moves in just while you're kind of waiting around for stuff. So how you do a countertop push up is you place your hands on the countertop and you want your wrist to be lined up directly underneath your shoulders. And then, you know, just walk your feet back a little bit. And depending upon how far you walk your feet back determines the intensity of that push up. Okay, so you also want your shoulders to be relaxed away from your ears. So don't shrug your shoulders up around your ears and don't collapse in your upper back. So think about being really long and strong. And then also I want you to think about this corset around your midsection. So thread your navel back hard to your spine and visualize that you're bracing your your midsection to take a punch in the gut. Okay. And then just walk your feet back. The further back your feet go, the more intense this uh, push-up's going to be. And then go ahead, throw that water into the microwave for two minutes and see how many push-ups you can do. Excellent. I mean, like it's fun, right? So what happens when you do a push-up? First of all, it's one of the best exercises to contour and shape your upper body, right, Lorraine? Absolutely. Yeah, you're living proof of that. And it's also, hey, if you squeeze your tush, then you're going to be activating those muscles. You're going to get a little bit of a lift there. And if you're bracing your core, you're going to be strengthening your core. So I always like to shoot for at least eight to 12. Like that's my goal. Like, okay, let's get eight here. Let's get eight, 12 here. And maybe periodically throughout the day, but I don't like to waste my time in the kitchen. So girls, I want you to get your countertop push-ups on and oh and one more thing you can actually do these push-ups off of your bathroom vanity oh yeah yeah while you're waiting for the shower water to heat up right absolutely yeah so there you the vanity is a little bit lower so it's a little bit more challenging but you don't have to walk your feet back as far or you could just do some push-ups off the wall so that's a nice that's a nice option as well is just you know walk your feet back from the wall keep your body nice and sturdy so Jesus girls, we are, every time we get together, we are learning new ways to find our roar. And today through Lorraine, we're learning that the love of God out is stronger than any addiction. We're learning that what we think about ourselves that negative self-talk, it's only going to take us down a bad, into a bad place. And so we are going to renew our minds with the word of God. And that's our game changer, right, Lorraine? Yes, it is. That's our game changer. So um, God is always fighting 
in our behalf. He is always leading us into triumph. So we are, are finding our roar and we are so excited that you are with us. Please like us and subscribe at JesusGirlRoar.com. And you know what? If you have a prayer request, a special need, please write to us at prayer at JesusGirlRoar.com. And I guarantee you, we've got some powerful prayer warriors who want to pray over you. So send us your prayer request, Jesus Girls, and we're going to pray over you. And, uh, whew, it's been a great show. Thanks yes, again is. for being here, Lorraine. Oh, Please encourage uh, your friends by sharing this sh- broadcast with them. We love you, Jesus girls, and Jesus is crazy about you. And we can't wait to see you and be with you next time on Jesus Girl Roar. Roar.